Welcome to the Black Cast. I am the original New Jack Hustler himself, Christian Blatt, on Twitter, at ChristianDMZ, writing out the end of a fun week, sitting in the Tomorrow Show studios with my friend Ashley Daniels on Twitter, at Ashley Daniels, on Periscope, at Ashley Daniels, on Instagram, at Miss Ashley Daniels. Keep rubbing it in. (laughs) Oh, sorry. But, you know, we're we're trying to shame the other Ashley Daniels into giving it now up. Now I like it. We'll see if it happens. And, of course, in the booth, in the booth, Jared at 31, Jared Gilkerson on Twitter at Gilkerson Radio. Now, why are we starting off the show with little New Jack Hustler? Any ideas for anyone here in the studio? Ashley, have you ever heard this song in your life? No. Do you think you know anyone who was a New Jack Hustler? No. Probably not. Although, I don't know. You know, the mean streets of Boston. It's Boston, true. There might be a Boston equivalent. Jared, any ideas as to why Ice-T is uh, gracing the ear holes of everyone listening today? Other than he's just amazing and surviving the game? I'm not sure. Yeah, he is definitely amazing at surviving the game. And uh, also an amazing actor for many years on Law & Order SVU. Where I worked, I'll talk about Ice-T. Oh, wow talk about an experience with Ice-T in a moment. Um, the reason why New Jack City, the movie that this comes from, 25 years ago on Tuesday, New Jack City was released. Wow. And I remember it was when Chris Rock was still on Saturday Night Live, and he did a uh, feature about it, I think on SNL. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, on SNL, actually. I know he did. And he just talked about there had been some shootings in theaters where... New Jack City was showing. And, you know, this was a pretty, you know, this was straight out of Compton before straight out of Compton. You know, this was a, this was a pretty rough movie for a time when, you know, this is like pre-Boys in the Hood even, you know. Keith Sweat, too. Yeah, of course Keith Sweat. You know, look, there was a time when Keith Sweat needed to be included in the same sentence as Ice-T. But, and Chris Rock had a great bit where he was just like, you know what? They show the same movies at 9 a.m. that they show at 9 p.m. You know, if your movie theater's in a bad neighborhood, why do you have to go at night? You know? Yeah. And also, if shooting breaks out, lay low. Don't be the one to stand up and say, people, people, please be reasonable, which I think is great advice. If there's ever any kind of shooting that breaks out, lay low. Don't try and talk your way out of it. That's advice that we share here on the Blackcast today. As I mentioned, we're in the studios for The Tomorrow Show, which is having its big premiere on Monday, March the 14th at thetomorrowshow.com. Ashley, uh, Jared, and myself, we all work on The Tomorrow Show in differing capacities, and I think it's going to be a really fun launch, and it'll be every Monday and Thursday thereafter, which means, you know, our second episode, St. Patty's Day. So we'll probably be drunk by the time that one starts. We'll see. You know? It's a huge thing in Boston. Yeah. I'm going to try to show. interview some drunk people, too, down at the beach. Down at the Ooh, beach. Oh, before – because they ha- do they have, like, an early St. Patrick's Day at the beach on – well, tomorrow, I guess, Saturday? Yeah, Saturday uh, down at Hermosa Beach. Oh, uh, my God. I'm so, going to see if I can go down there and get some good quotes. One of the guys that I used to work with, and he used to be part of the Black Cast, uh, my friend we, – we called him Liev on the air. My friend David, he uh, lived in Hermosa Beach for a long time, and he's the epitome of drunk Hermosa Beach boy – 
who, even though he lives in the Valley now, he still goes back to Hermosa Beach on weekends. He can't wait to move there. He loved a place called the Poop Deck. He was very emotional when it closed. And then a, mo- a month later, it just basically reopened called the Deck. So there was probably something shady going on there. Worst and- Budweiser there. I mean, great vibes. Yeah, but, well, look, uh, that's it what I want. It tastes literally like the keg. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a place where you want it out of a bottle. You don't want tap beer pretty much anywhere in Hermosa Beach, I don't think. But anyway, you should get some great footage, some great drunk people down there uh, at Hermosa. So, uh, by the way, my friend that I'm talking about, uh, David, who uh, went on to now he's uh, one of the co-hosts for the morning show on Country. Go Country uh, 105 here in Los Angeles. Did you know we had a country station here in Los Angeles, Ashley? I I would assume we would. Yeah. I've never heard it. Sure. There's I I knew that I know that there is because when here. you drive on the 405, you drive by the building and they have a huge like go country 105. So like when he started working there, I'm like, "Oh yeah, I I know where you have to go for work." And uh, you know, he uh he left us all behind and now he's uh he's the big time, but he still likes to get drunk in Hermosa Beach. So, Jared, I hope you get footage of my friend David uh when you're there because if the sun's up, or even if the sun goes down, he'll be there drinking, I'm sure. So yeah, I'll just scream know. David, and I'm sure he'll be the only one that turns around. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That, that's, a, that's a pretty safe bet. But anyway, so we're all excited about the Tomorrow Show, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And it's been a lot of fun to do the Blackcast from these great studios that we have here. And uh, if you go to blackcast.com, for a limited time, you'll be able to see a video version of this episode, which you're probably only listening to right now. Maybe you're watching now, and if you are, hi. Yeah, Ashley says hi, too. (laughs) Hello. So uh, you'll be able to kind of see what it's – you're going to get a feeling for what it looks like. It'll be a lot more festive. There'll be more dancing during the actual show. We haven't done any dancing during these broadcasts, but uh, during the Tomorrow Show, you can guarantee there will be dancing. But uh, one of the things that there will also be uh, plenty of – is is news and uh there's so much news that uh we would like to talk about and uh jared i know you're familiar with this story uh and i think that this is a great place to start there was a girl who joined isis you hear a lot about you know girls from western countries you hear about girls from the u.s girls from the uk that they're like well i'm gonna run away from home and join isis because it's like oh just running away from home to you know follow motley crew on tour yeah dad i'm gonna join isis i'm gonna join isis yeah i'm not gonna join the circus i'm gonna join isis and uh so there was one girl who she went and she actually joined isis and then she called her mom so talk a little bit about that jared yeah uh marlin uh stevani navarling i hope i pronounced that correct she sounds hot tell me more yeah there's a picture of her too that's great uh (laughs) a 16 year old from the town of Boris. This sounds even hotter. I can't, I can't lie. <laughs> the town of Boris. Does it sound as hot as Braintree? Uh, yeah. She, okay, it's cool. a little bit hotter than Braintree, cool. but only a little. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, described her ordeal to a Kurdish television station. Uh, Navarlin said she had been duped by her boyfriend who persuaded her to accompany him to join the extremist group. All right. We'll pause on that note for a second. You know, boyfriends and girlfriends can convince people to do a lot of things. You know, maybe get a tattoo you don't want, a bad haircut. Go see a movie you don't like. But I don't know. Getting persuaded to join ISIS. Ashley, hmm. if if Rich was really all in and was like, you know, I think we should join ISIS. Mm-hmm. How would you respond to that? Um, I, I would definitely run. Yeah. Really fast. And you would periscope yourself running away. Probably. From him. I'd yeah. probably run away. Yeah, yeah. Pretty fast. It's probably a great idea. Now, yeah. Jared, would you be afraid 
to not join ISIS because your girlfriend would kick your ass? Ah, uh, no comment. <laughs> we'll take that as a yes. I like this new bell. It's not new. It's just I didn't do it the first time we were here because I was embarrassed that I have a bell for my show. But, oh uh, my but look, God. you know, you can it's see It's huge, the bell. too. It's gigantic. We're going to isolate you saying that, and uh, we'll use it as a drop. That's it's huge. Just exactly. That's what she said. So, well, let's, right. let's get a clean one. Hold on. It's huge. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you. So, all right. So the boyfriend tried to convince Ms. Boris, and I know her name is like Nirvala. Nirvana, yeah. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl. (laughs) Oddly enough, Dave Grohl convinced her. All right, so the boyfriend trying to convince her. And what happened? Well, he did convince her, didn't he? Yes. First, it was good together, she says. But then he started to look at ISIS videos. Oh, the good old days. You know how that happens, right, Ashley? When you first join ISIS, everything's great. When I first read this story, I thought to myself, honestly, I was like, what part was good? Like, what like, did he buy her an ice cream cone and then said, like, hey, let's watch some ISIS videos? And she's like, yeah, what's this? Is this a movie? Like, what the? <laughs> what part was good? He was charming. He probably took her out for a nice steak dinner and told her about ISIS. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That sounds great. It's like it's like trying to convince someone, you know, like, we should buy a timeshare together. You know, like, it's a good investment. We should. By the way, it's a terrible investment. But anyway, it's like, yeah, let's get a timeshare. Or, you know what? Better yet, let's join ISIS. Yeah, it sounds like maybe he was watching these videos. Uh, he didn't tell her about it. So maybe everything was all good. Maybe he was a totally normal dude. But uh, he says, or she says, um, he uh, started to look at ISIS videos and speak out about them and stuff like that, she said. So, stuff then he, like, <laughs> stuff st- like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I love that they translated and stuff like that. Stuff like that. Uh, Then he said he wanted to go to ISIS, like it's Disneyland or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, Uh, well, no, because if you go to ISIS, you want to get the annual pass. Because if you go to ISIS for just one day, it's like $109. But you get the annual pass. You go eight times. You behead eight people. You've already paid for itself. Yeah, you can get to the front of the beheading lines. (laughs) Oh, can you? I like that. Yes. That's good. Yeah, that's why you need the annual pass for ISIS. Okay. Yes, uh, he wanted to go to ISIS, and I said, okay, no problem, because I did not know what ISIS meant or uh, what Islam was. Nothing. And she's like, I guess it depends on what your definition of ISIS is. Nice. Well, thank you. Nicest. <laughs> Nicest. So, would you like some more? I, yeah. I, would, I would actually love some more. This story is fascinating. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, she, who doesn't know? I don't know. How do you not know what any of this stuff is? Maybe the young people don't pay attention to the news. Uh, according to her narrative of events last May, the couple left a foster home in Sweden and journeyed by train and bus to Turkey, where they then crossed over into Syria, because like one does, from the southern Turkish city of Gaziantep. Uh, yeah, there so, the jihadists eventually moved them to the Iraqi city of Mos- Mosul. So the, uh, you know, so I, the part where I'm leaving Sweden with my boyfriend slash girlfriend, and I'm on the train, I'm already like, yeah, I don't know about this. As soon as it gets to the bus to Syria, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm out. Yeah, she's also knocked up. I don't know if that's oh, something you guys should know, but did, she was also knocked up. Did you know that? And she's 16. Yeah, well, we knew that part. Yeah. yeah, that's why we were interested. No, but did you know she was knocked up, Jared? Because I did no, not. No, I did not. Wow. Well, that you know, all the more reason. I mean, who wants to join ISIS? But less than that, I don't even want to take the train. I'll maybe take the train, but then if you're having me take the train to the bus, uh, you know, I'm out. I'm not even going to get to the point where I'm joining ISIS. I don't. You know, I'm good for a couple hours. You know, maybe. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, this is this is terrible. How did, Shared, I, please read the quote. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like Ashley said, she was uh, apparently <laughs> pregnant and started to regret her decision. Uh, in Sweden, we have everything. And you didn't say Sweden. You said Sweden oh, correctly sorry. the in, first. In Sweden, in Sweden, in yeah. Sweden yeah. we have everything. And when I was there, I can't do a Swedish accent. No, no, right. just you had did. to say Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I did not have anything. She said in the interview, I did not have any money either. It was really, it was really hard life. When I had a phone, I started to contact my mum, and I said, I want to go home. No shit. Yeah. So yeah. here's here's another example of. Millennials, which, you know, our friend Kevin will talk a lot about on the Tomorrow Show. Millennials just can't follow through. So you want to join ISIS. Well, you know what? You can't quit. You got to join ISIS and join it for real. You don't get to call your mom when you join ISIS. You didn't know what it was going to be. It's the Islamic State. You know, you're trying to basically take down the Western world and all the infidels trying to chop off a few heads. So, no, you don't get to call mommy. It's like you can't call on the first day of summer camp and say you want to go home. You don't get to join ISIS and ask mommy to come pick you up. Although I think she did, right? Her mom actually came to get her. Yes. Actually, there was a whole actually kind of rescue. Uh, there was a rescue from the house outside of Mosul. And it's not really clear how that happened. Um, so, But she's in the process of being repatriated to Sweden. Sweden. Well, I guess it has a happy ending, but... Uh, what happens for the boyfriend, you know? By the way, I love the story. Uh, where do we get this? Was This was from, that was from Barstool. Barstool Sports. Yeah, the last line of welcome. the story. The last line of the story. Fuck all these people. Yes. That's a great So that's article. barstoolsports.com. That's my website. go-to. That's my, yeah. like, that's like my yeah, CNN. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, you and Roxy Stryer, who Barstool was on. Sports. Barstool Sports. Uh, both uh, go there a lot. It's a great website. And, uh, you know, I, I guess... They're either from Boston or it's based in Boston. It definitely has the Boston slant, much like uh, sports guy Bill Simmons. You know, there's a, there's a lot of sports online reading you can do. Most of it has a Boston slant, so you have to, you know, just be ready for that. Uh, you know, hey, Jared, maybe you can start the, uh, the Cleveland slant uh, online blogging where it's just lots of videos of tears, I suppose. Hey, now. What? I'm just saying. Come on. What? You, you had the um, – yeah, anyway, so what's the other story? That yeah. What, what, no, anyway, so look, that's my lesson to the kids out there. If you're going to join ISIS, stick with it. Isn't there a kind of more serious issue? I'm not trying to like turn it all political, but now you've got this girl who was with ISIS, yeah. and now she's being repatriated. Like You've got to hope that she's you know, completely yeah. like legit. That, yeah, because you know, it's like, who knows what she's... Yeah, how long was she there? And... I don't know. Is that even a baby inside or maybe it's a bomb? I don't know. I, these are just questions to ask. I don't have the answers. Don't have the answers. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do due diligence and follow up on that story. Uh, now, there was another story that uh, Ashley brought to our attention that uh, we'll we'll start uh, diving into this one here. It's got a simple lesson. Don't kill your friend. Leave the scene. And then take a news interview. This was also it's actually his cousin. We found out Barstool later on. Sports. It's always yeah. a cousin. Yeah, and it's 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 a little sad. It's a little sad, but at the same point, you don't you know you don't do something like this and then take the interview. No. The point isn't that someone died. The yeah. point is what the person did afterwards. He didn't know. The, yeah, well, you'll see. Yeah. So we actually sad. have video for this, right? Oh yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, do we got a video. Okay. Yeah. So we'll play uh, for everyone who's watching at blackcast.com. and for the rest of you, you'll just hear it uh, starting right now. And he made me drive, and I told him I couldn't drive. 
Okay. He was drunk already, and I told him I can't drive. So he made me drive, so he stopped in the middle of the freeway. So when I stopped, well, that, that's the that's the incident. So Tiny you man. got in the car and drove and in then- In the middle of the freeway. And you crashed into that pole. Yes. You lost I, control of the car. I lost control, but he was drunker. <laughs> he was drunker. He was drunker. That's man named Jose told us about his cousin as he confessed to being the driver of that car. Now, he said he was forced to drive after his cousin stopped in the middle of the freeway and got out of his car. He admitted in front of our camera that they both had been drinking. He said he didn't want to drive, but did, and then lost control, slamming into a pole right off the 5 freeway. As he spoke to us, it was clear he did not know that his cousin was dead. We called the LAPD over, and they broke the news to him and then gave him a field sobriety test. He was then arrested for driving under the influence and now possibly faces vehicular manslaughter charges for the death of his cousin. Yep. All right, I think we've got enough this of this story, the right? Uh, so here's the thing about this is people want to be, I don't know, on camera, on the news so much. And granted, the guy's drunk, so he's not thinking clearly. Yeah. And he Drunker. didn't know. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the other less guy was drunk. drunk. Uh, he's less. He's the less drunk one. He didn't know that his cousin had died, but still, like, you should know that something you've done something wrong just now. You probably shouldn't have video of you talking about it immediately afterwards. Yeah. Wouldn't you think, Ashley, that there were a couple of miscalculations here, driving drunk being number one, but then yes. talking to reporters about it, probably not that smart? Yeah, I have no idea. I think what he was looking for, he, was, he went up to her because he had initially left the scene yeah. of the accident to go get help. He thought his cousin, he didn't think his cousin was dead. Right. He comes back, he sees a news reporter, and everything was, was, he wasn't allowed to go over to the scene of the accident, so he goes over to the reporter and is trying to ask her if his cousin is okay, and she doesn't want to answer him because she doesn't want to tell him the news. So instead, he just starts confessing. He's like, I, I don't want you to think I, you know, I did anything wrong. Like, he's trying to explain, as you saw. Uh, and I think in his head, he was concerned that people thought he left the scene on purpose. Right. Like, and, and He then left to get help. To get, right. And so I just think he was, obviously, he was drunk, drunker, and he wasn't thinking clearly. And he was just so concerned with people thinking that he had done yeah. something wrong. And it was just really messed up in so many the ways. The whole thing is so messed so up. So messed yeah. up. Sad, but also just fucking like, yeah. come on. Just don't go over to the news. You just yeah. got in an accident and you're you know, drunk. Just tell the police what happened. But no, people never want to do that. No. Uh, you know, this was years ago, so uh, it's something I can certainly talk about. But uh, I was uh, on a jury once, and it was a drunk driving case. Ooh. And the defense hired one of those services that they tell you that will get you out of a DUI. I could tell that's what they did because they have the expert. I'm using the air quotes. They have the expert that can explain – and all that they're there to do is confuse the jury and just throw some numbers on there. But their defense was, oh, I drank a lot, but I drove away from the party so fast, got into the accident before the alcohol had hit me. So I wasn't drunk yet. And you can't do, you know, you, I, there's the breathalyzer is from after the accident. And, you know, they, they set up this whole timeline and it was really confusing. But they're saying like, oh, yeah, he drank a lot and then he drove. And, you know, I could tell that that's what they were trying to do is just confuse you. And this kind of reminded me of that. You just try and, you know, throw some things there, which, you know, hopefully nobody ever ends up in a drunk driving case. But if you do, you'll probably end up with this defense. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, well, this is terrible that this is the this is what he's trying to say. 
No one died in that one. It was just, you know, it was just vehicular uh, damage. But at the same time, you're just like, all right, this kid was underage, so he was really trying to get out of it. And I was the I was the jury foreman, so I was in charge. Ooh. Yeah, the reason I was a jury foreman was because if you've ever if you're ever on a jury, what'll happen is you go in the jury room and they're like, the first thing you have to do is choose a jury foreman. And so they close the door, and I'm like, all right. So the first thing we have to do is choose a jury foreman. Does anybody want to do that? And everybody looks down. They act like they didn't hear you. And I'm like, all right. So I'm going to do it only because I didn't want to spend that first, like, six hours of, like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You know, and then we get to lunch. So I did it. But then I had to kind of keep in mind, you know, try and be objective. And there was one guy who just had it in for police. Like, he just wanted to let this guy off because he, he doesn't like police. But the yeah, police didn't do anything wrong here. They didn't plant a bloody glove in this guy's car accident wreckage. So, you know, and it's just like. I don't know. You should get faith in the jury system from this. And this is definitely a tangent from this story that we started from. But, you know, it just kind of had this feeling of like, oh, one guy who hates police could really derail the whole thing. So he's trying to uh, misappropriate the criminal justice system. And it made me realize that, well, I knew that that guy had a. this was on a Thursday was the day we were deliberating. And I knew he he wanted to go on vacation the next week. So I was like, all right, well, look, we all agree. You don't, and we can't change your mind. But, you know, you know, they're not going to just send us home. You know, no, the next day is vacation started. So we're going to have to come back tomorrow if, if we don't agree. They're not going to just let, you know, and, I, you know, I'd hate, and I, it was just more general. I'd hate for anybody here who has plans tomorrow to miss out. So the guy who hated police also wanted to make sure that he was done that day so he could go on vacation because he tried to get out of jury duty by having a vacation. And then if you have a vacation, they just say, like, okay, well, you can reschedule. And he's like, oh, no, I'm already in it. You know, I've already, like, burned off a couple days. Let me try and get through the home stretch. So Were they serving tuna salad for lunch? They were not. They only had turkey. So I was just quoting uh, Jury Duty. I had to. Oh, Jury Duty. One of the greatest movies of all time. I didn't know. I'm like, well, that was a random thing. I never saw this. That's uh, that's some great Pauly Shore work. nation waits for answers. They picked a jury. They picked a jury. I love that you you queued up the bit from the trailer for <laughs> for your funny. own joke. Sorry, I had to. Yeah. That's really cute, Jared. Yeah, Thank no, that you. was some nice work, and that's some great Pauly Shore work. And I remember that uh, when that movie came out it was during the actual OJ trial, and when they filmed it, it was not during the OJ trial. So they Juice. added they added some jokes about Uncle Juice. You know, they they added some OJ jokes, like not about him you know, murdering someone, but right. just about the trial in general, uh, just to try and, you know, make it more topical for the, uh, for the commercials. When it was that anyway, do you guys have any thoughts? I know I went down a jury rabbit hole, but the drunk driving part of that r- reminded me of the case I was on and you guys don't have to have any thoughts. We can, we can always move on. But, I was uh, also, it reminds me, I was in a, uh, not to swing it, but I was on a jury once as well. Well, this is the perfect thing for you to I add. I did you. not, did not want to be jury foreman. Oh, I, did, yeah. I just didn't want that. No, I didn't want to. I just wanted the day to be over. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, um, and we had to, we had to convict a guy of um, a shooting. Oh boy! And uh, and you know there was video surveillance and all kinds of stuff. But when you come back out there to convict him, all of a sudden he's got like his mother sitting behind him, and you just feel like a terrible person. You're like, get me out of here! I just want to get my paycheck and leave. It's like guilty. Yeah, I, I want my five dollars a day for being on a jury. I think they've raised it. 
What? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm way too indecisive. No one would ever have me on jury duty. I can guarantee that. You know, yeah, When because they, they talk to you beforehand. They ask you questions. Do they? Uh, yeah, like before they impanel you. That's a word that uh, no doubt they used on uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Before they impanel Juice. you on a jury, Uncle Juice, they uh, they ask you a bunch of questions. And if you seem indecisive, they, that'll probably, they'll probably excuse you. But I feel but, like so many people can lie and just do that. Yeah, well, people try. People try to be like, nope. I hate the police. And sometimes the judge is just not having it, you know. Sometimes the either the, the defense or the prosecution needs to let you go because you're just like, this is going to work against me. Did you ever have a good excuse and get out of one? Um, I did, and I thought that this was going to continue to work, and this actually goes back to something I teased at the Open. I used to work for Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and when I would say that, Usually the prosecution was like, they didn't want me because I worked on, you know, a law and order TV show. Did that mean, was it because I had bad taste in choosing my job perhaps? But also I think that they were just like, no, no, he's going to be on the side of the cops. But what they ultimately decided was that on on the one that I served on, they were like, no, this is great. This guy's like reasonably intelligent and understands the law. So it worked against me at that point. But on Law and Order Special Victims Unit, that was where I worked with Ice-T. And... Let's put it this way. Ice-T doesn't – he doesn't hate Whitey. He just doesn't love Whitey. Well, let's put it a different way. He wouldn't like me and Jared. He would love you, Ashley. Okay. Now, I thought you meant Whitey Bulger for a second. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, like, I just mean the man, the white man. Okay. And, you know, I obviously now he's had the show Ice Loves Coco. But I knew Ice and Coco long before there was a show. And, you know, she's a very specific kind of white woman. But, you know, look, everybody has a type. She's white. He. I didn't know. She, I thought she was, like, mixed or. She's mixed. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But anyway. She's hot. She's very hot. What that's an ass on her. Yeah. And, and their know, baby is so cute. You never. Coco? You never thought, like, oh, I wonder why. I wonder what he sees in her. No, that was never the question. He always got. It. He was always nice to white girls. He wasn't mean. He was just very kind of indifferent. Right. He had the greatest license plate. That I've ever seen. And this was in New Jersey where we shot it at that time. But he had California plates, which means I guess he drove out every season. The letters were P-M-P-N, the number eight. Pimpin. E-Z. Pimpin Pimpin ain't easy. Nice. That's great. I have a photo of his license plate in the parking lot that I took. Uh, Pimpin ain't easy. And... Uh, we, you know, any job you you go to, you have those sexual harassment seminars. For whatever reason, for whatever, yeah. yeah, for whatever reason, I was sitting next to Ice T in the one we had. So, uh, the person moderating it basically made eye contact with Ice T the whole time. It was like everything they said, they were directing it towards the guy, you know, who I guess thinks that pimping ain't easy used to be a pimp but it was like weird because i'm sitting next to him just the way that it happened and he, you know i'm just like I, I feel like i'm under a lot of pressure here you know because you know ice tea ice tea is apparently much better at sexual harassment than i am because i didn't sexual harass anyone at work and i don't know that he did i'm not even saying allegedly he did but the person who ran it was just like this is gonna be a problem we're gonna need to talk to uh, talk to ice also known as Tracy, his real name. Is that what you call him on set? He liked to be referred to as Ice. Yeah. I, I wondered, did he? You know, he can't be Mr. T because that's a different guy. That guy's great. The actual Mr. T. Um, but Ice, 
Look, I got my picture taken with Ice T on the last day, the last rap party, because I knew I wasn't coming back. And I was just like, well, I need to have a picture of me and Ice T. And I still have it. I treasure it. That and the license plate. Let's get it I framed. I should. I, I, you know, and here's the problem. This is, you know, we were using a real camera earlier. This is pre-digital cameras or pre-everybody. This is like when you had a digital camera, it was like, it was the size of like a bigger than a laptop, you know, when they were big. So you didn't have a digital camera. You went to a party. You'd usually get those like Kodak disposable cameras. So I have pictures like this, but if I wanted to post it online, I'd have to flip through all these envelopes that I have, you know, the little like the Kmart or CVS envelopes to get your pictures developed. I'd have to find it. I'd have to scan it. And then I put, so I'm not going to post it, but I have it. You just have to trust me that they're great pictures. Yeah. Anyway. Man, see, this is what happens. This happens on the Tomorrow Show, too, though. You just kind of go down these little rabbit holes, and everybody comes along for the ride, you know. But you can always steer it back to uh, talking about uh, there was a teacher in New York, and we talked a little bit about St. Patrick's Day coming up. And uh, there was a – I guess he's Irish, the teacher, because he said that New York City is being anti-Irish by scheduling parent-teacher conferences on St. Patrick's Day now, I'm not Irish, but I feel like this guy making the point that it's anti-Irish to schedule it on St. Patrick's Day means that you're saying, hey, I want to get drunk after school. Now you're not letting me. And that just feeds into stereotypes. Ashley, do you think it's all right for a school to schedule parent-teacher conferences on St. Patrick's Day? It's not like they're scheduling it during Ramadan or Rosh Hashanah. I don't think it's okay. Because oh, as a Bostonian... I will not be a traitor to my hometown. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that anyone from Boston does not want to be having parent-teacher meetings on St. Patrick's Day because it's a huge thing in Boston. It's yeah, well, this, is New, York. this is New York where it's also a huge thing. It's also thing. huge yeah. there. And I think they, they really love, you know, they love this holiday. And they it's, it's, it's one time a year that you can really just other than being in Vegas, you could just like drink yeah. and get drunk and run around. Other than like you don't have a to travel, Fenway you don't have game. to travel to act like you're on vacation. Exactly. And so why have to make everybody yeah. be professional and and sober? No, it's true. And it, it, look, it it was a really big deal in New York, uh, across the street from my high school, like almost across the street. There's a train station, and people would get off the bus, you know, because we had the school bus from our, our town was like a good 10, 15 minutes away from the high school. So people get off the school bus and then sneak down the hill, go down to the train station, get on the train so they could go into New York for St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, I don't know how they got home. I don't know if they made it home, yeah. you know, that day. But uh, it was a big deal. Uh, I was never cool enough. You know, I, I wish I wish Roxy was here because I'm sure that she was probably 12 going to St. Patrick's Day parties, and, you know, not drinking so much that he got it. she got her stomach pumped. But – you know, it was a big deal, and I, I was having to describe it for someone what it was like in New York on St. Patrick's Day. Because they have it here. You drink. It's festive. It's fun. But it's not the same. And this is gross, but I described it as this sensation. You've never experienced St. Patrick's Day until you've slipped on frozen vomit and fallen down because it's everywhere because it's so cold on St. Patrick's Day. Right. There's so much puke in the street. And of course it freezes. So it's, it's not easy to get around. It's a fun night to go out. And if you're in a bar, but then by the end of the night, you know, it's like, okay, this has really gone on too long, but I, I don't know. It's, I don't think people understand that. Say yes. The proud Irish tradition of St. Patrick's Day. I don't know. Jared, what are your thoughts on this? If you were this teacher, would you be upset 
that uh, they were scheduling parent-teacher conferences on St. Patrick's Day? Of course. I mean, it's it's a tradition. Like, yeah. It's like the Rose Bowl, you know? It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. You go out. Right. And uh, did you want to hear, like, the uh, the lawsuit or anything? Yeah. No, no, or? I'd love to hear all that. I, I'm just sort of oh, talking about it in the macro. Yeah, in general, first. I'd be pissed, but I don't think he's got much of a case. No, he doesn't have much of a case because it's just like, you know, it, it's not – it's not a holiday. It's not a religious day. It's just sort of a it's a day steeped in tradition. That's that's really that's really all you have there, right? You it's know? his last ditch effort to to drink. To, yeah. So you don't know. Put some green beer in your coffee mug and celebrate and protest. You know, <laughs> celebrate in secret or whatever. So this is an actual lawsuit. We don't have to go into the ins and outs of it. But is he suing for monetary damages? Is he just suing to? have the day honored the way he wants it to be or does he, it even matter I, you know he's he's not even it's uh it's 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 he's not even have there's no law i don't think there's even a lawsuit it just says that he is publicly coming out and saying that they're denying him his right as an irish american to march in the fifth avenue parade as i go in quotes there fifth at like to march like i'm sure that's what he's doing uh his name is frank shorn uh so the, His name's not even Darby O'Gill. It's I know. Frank it's, yeah, Shorn, I know. Frank you know? Shorn wants the Frank party Shorn. on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, d- despite repeated requests from the city's city council's Irish caucus, uh, caucus careful. Uh, yeah, thank you. Is particularly eg- egregious because Mayor De Blasio recently added three holidays to the school calendar for other ethnic and religious groups. So mm. I'd have to find. Um, That's all right. He it, gave uh, it, kids yeah. and teachers the Muslim holidays uh, off. Um, as well as the Lunar New Year, so uh, maybe this guy does have a point. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do everything, yeah, no, that's true. By being more inclusive, yep. you don't get to then shut the door on other things. You know, you don't. Maybe you don't get to call things. You know, you you have like the winter concert. You don't have the Christmas concert anymore. You know, some things oh. make sense. It's whatever. Like the Starbucks cups. Yeah. Oh, the Starbucks cups. We, we talked a lot about that on the podcast. You know, my friend. Uh, Andrew, who unfortunately has passed on, he raised his kids in Brentwood and his son was in elementary school and he found out that they were not having St. Patrick's Day. They were celebrating Potato Day because they felt like that was more inclusive. I felt like that was more kind of more racist. You're basically marginalizing, using a pun, boiling down the entire Irish people down to a single potato. And I was just like, no, no, no. St. Patrick, there's. There's history, there's stories and all that. There's Potato Day. So this is a perfect example of, you know what? Again, I've been, I've been convinced by you guys talking about this. This guy shouldn't have to do parent-teacher conferences. In fact, he shouldn't even have to teach that day. He should not have to even be in school that day. Agreed. You know? Agreed. I think more or he you can look be at it, yeah. yeah. The more you look at it, I and, think he's got a legit case, even though how much I think the more you go down this Yeah. This slippery slope, it's like every single holiday is going to happen. Oh, it's all going to come up. And, you know, and then here's the other thing. That day, this year, 2016, March 17th, Jared, this will be significant to you, I'm sure. It's the start of the tournament. The NCAA tournament starts on March 17th. And my cat's birthday. Well, that's what I really wanted to get to. What's your cat's name? Mitten? Say Hector. It's Aww. Hector's a cute name. I wanted cute. it to be Mittens so badly, though. Mittens is cute. Yeah. Yeah, Mittens, <laughs> Mittens is cute. Kittens. The tournament... Hector's birthday, yeah. booze. Yeah, and Hector would want you, if you were this teacher, Hector would want you to be out celebrating for his birthday. We'll be celebrating here in studio. Yeah, we are. And by the way, uh, you know, there's also a non-alcoholic way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And I think we've talked about that. I don't know if I talked to you guys about it. It might have been Lauren and Roxy. 
I am a huge fan of the McDonald's Shamrock Shake. You guys, do you enjoy the Shamrock Shake season? I'm mean, going to even get one on the way home because I haven't had one yet, and the clock's ticking on the Shamrock Shake. Never uh, had one. You've never? Well, then why have you never had one? It's, is, it, is it just green, or does it taste no, like? No, it tastes, it tastes different. It's, it's, like, it's chocolatey with a little bit of like a mint flavor. Oh, I hate green. mint desserts. It's, it's, it's green. Yeah, so. I, hate mint, I hate mint anything, too. All right. Lucky well, so, Chimes are my favorite. Style. All right, so the, the three that I ordered before we started that are sitting under the desk that I was going to surprise you guys with, I'm just going to drink them all. They're all mine. Everyone call gonna... up with your favorite milkshake. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's a, it's a seasonal time of year, and they used to be really hard to find. You used to have to, you know, in the earlier days of the Internet, you could go on the Internet and be like, which McDonald's, you know, in the Los Angeles area have uh, have the Shamrock Shakes? And it was hard to find. Now they all have it because they figured out like, oh, yeah, we can we can sell a lot more of our, you know, barely processed, barely uh, processed milk fat frozen drink if we diet green. So good for McDonald's. They figured it out. But uh, I, for one, will be enjoying it. Uh, we're going to do one more story before we take a little break because uh, Miss Ashley Daniels has places to be. She's much more important than Jared and I. No, yeah, but she right. she also lives True. much further away. Oh, we yeah. want to make sure that she can beat the traffic. But um, I wanted to, as a woman, I wanted to get your thoughts yeah. about this uh, this girl on Instagram. And, you know, she's an Instagram star, and there are so many, and there are many stars on social media. Uh, you are a Periscope personality, you know, yes. one of the top Periscopers, which is great. I'm very, very happy that I know someone that's doing so well on Periscope. One day I'll figure it out and I'll try on Periscope. But there's a there's a girl. She says she's a she's a photojournalist, a yoga guru. She's a model and an Instagram star. And she has posted a lot of pictures of herself and she's being skinny shamed. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says the body I have as imperfect or as gross as people may think it is, is my imperfect body. And for those of you watching on video at blackcast.com, I want you to see these imperfect body images that she's being shamed about. Look, we talked about Lena Dunham earlier in the week. She doesn't need to be shamed for what she looks like. But at the same time, this woman, Sianna Earp, and I don't know how to pronounce it. It's an SJ. Let's say it's Sianna. Sianna Earp, who's 21, she should not be shamed for being so skinny. There's no shame in being as skinny as Sianna Earp. Uh, We'll cycle through some of the pictures for people watching on video, but uh, her name is spelled S-J-A-N-A-E-A-R-P, like Wyatt Earp, if you want to see what she looks like. Uh, Ashley, as a woman, your thoughts about skinny shaming. Absolutely. We can talk about fat shaming too, but let's start talking about skinny shaming. It actually does exist, and I was... was and I still sometimes deal with it. I have a very skinny upper body. My arms are really long and, like, really dangly and skinny. And, like, it doesn't – for me, I always felt disproportionate because sure. I have, like, a – I have a butt. I've got thighs. So I remember when I was growing up, I had a lot of people that just made fun of me a lot for having, like, really long, skinny arms. And that was just – that was just people around me. That wasn't online. That wasn't online trolls. And it really hurt my feelings. And it, I always had to feel like I had to explain myself, like, right. to tell people I do eat, I do – like – I shouldn't have to do that. I should have never had to do that. And you just feel like this this feeling of always having to show people that, like, you eat. And it's ridiculous. And it's like then I just came to realize that these people are trolls and they're just regular people. It wasn't like it was an online thing. But being online shamed is ten times worse, especially when you have over one million followers. Yeah. And in her case, I mean, she's she's a model. She's, she's posing and she's – 
she's not posing like this for people to give her negative feedback. Yeah. She's posing like this because she's proud of herself and she's proud of what she's doing and she seems like she's some type of a gymnast or something. And I think it was a lot of backlash at once and I think it was probably hurtful to her. She does say she suffers from depression and just from the little bit that I got, I can imagine how that feels. Yeah. And I do believe it exists and I and I know some people are like, oh, please, like she's so skinny, like big deal, like – it's not the same as being overweight and being made fun of. I I think it is. I, mean, I think the, you should the, shame people no matter the, what they look like. Yeah, the like. emotions associated with it uh, are you're going to feel the same way. And it, it's kind of one of those interesting things, you know. There's sort of a very vocal movement about how you can't, you shouldn't fat shame people, and you know you don't want to shame body image, but at the same time they're like, oh, but you know, you also, you it's okay to say that people are too skinny. They're saying you can't say that they're too fat, but oh, oh, don't point out that they're too skinny. Exactly. It's sort of like, you know, and believe me, I don't want to get into a politically charged argument. It's like when people say that they're pro-choice, but if someone chooses to be pro-life for themselves, they're like, well, no, you've actually chosen the wrong thing as a pro-choice person. I get you know, it. You see what I'm saying? You know, it's yeah. like you're saying like, oh, you should be open-minded on what somebody looks like unless you look wrong, which is skinny. Jared, do you think – Jared in the booth on Twitter at Gilkerson Radio. Do you think that Sienna Earp should be ashamed of what she looks like? Uh, no, and if you're asking me personally what, what I think – I for my taste, if yeah. you looked at that last image we showed everyone, the one that's up on the screen now for you, uh, like that's just a little too sk- – like, that's a little too skinny for my taste, but I don't think she's got like an issue. No. But from, no. when you can start seeing like the ligaments – and like stuff, I'm like, eh, I, I kind of bow out a little bit. But she seems like she's perfectly healthy, so go. I, I will watch her yoga videos gladly, <laughs> and uh, I support everything she does. Uh, you know, it's just uh, yeah. not not what I'm looking. You know, for. to she go tall, to, so. to go for a callback to uh, Monday's show. You know, uh, Terry Crews, he had a porn problem. We know what it's not porn if he wants to watch her yoga videos. There's there's nothing sexual. It's just the human form. And if you know anything about Terry Crews, he works out. A lot. He appreciates the human form. He appreciates exercise. So these yoga videos, for those of you who have had to swear off porn because of your addiction, you can go ahead and check out Sienna Earp. I don't know. What what does America think? Tweet us at BlackCast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. If you think she's too skinny or, hey, maybe you think she's not skinny enough. Maybe you think she needs to go further. I don't know. Keep in mind, too, just her height. She looks very tall. For a woman like that, if she's athletic and she's working out a lot, yeah. it would take her a lot longer to gain weight than somebody who's shorter because you uh, gain a lot, you gain weight faster when you're short. Trust me. Yeah, she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you can trust me too. Yeah. I'm also not tall, um, but yeah, it's one of those things where you know she's very tall. She probably has a high metabolism. Yeah. Look, you know, she is a model, so she probably you know doesn't you know get the double double in and out. She probably just gets the single. You know, protein style, no bun. You know, she probably watches what she eats, but at the same time, you know, it's this is what she looks like. And right. uh, I, for one, think she should be allowed to look like this. Right. If if Lena Dunham can look the way she does without us criticizing her, and we shouldn't criticize her, well, then we should not criticize Sienna. Let's just not comment on anybody's bodies ever. And we'll all be happy. Or comment on everyone's bodies and yeah. go that way. Let's go that way. Yeah, yeah we'll that always would be a fun life. We'll if someone's com- fat, call them fat. Someone's skinny, call them skinny. It's not shaming. It's yeah. just, hey, that's what it is. Yeah, it's truth shaming. That's what it is. 
Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to take a little break here because our friend Ashley uh, does need to yes. hit the road because hit the road, Jack. she does not. She, she needs Jill. to hit the new Jack. Hit the road, new Jack, because she's got places to be. But uh, we'll be back uh, in a a few minutes. Jared and I will talk about some final news stories here. A couple final thoughts, you know, like the Jerry Springer final thought. Uh, And uh, Ashley on Twitter and Periscope, at Ashley Daniels. On Instagram, at Miss Ashley Daniels. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us this week. Oh, my God. Always. It's been a lot of fun. It's great to to have a, a female perspective. It was a lot of fun to have both you and Roxy. And it'll be back to the All Sausage Fest black cast with just Jared and I. Tell Felix to text me back, by the way. He's being so rude. Uh, Felix, text you BRB. I know, but it's been a long BRB. It's it's a long BRB, but, uh, you know, he'll definitely follow up. Anyway, we'll be back with more black cast right after this. There'll be another one after me, Keeping with the iced tea theme here on the Black Cast today, uh, in our final segment here, uh, Miss Ashley Daniels has uh, departed. She's left the building, as they used to say about Elvis, but uh, I'm still here in the studios for the Tomorrow Show. TheTomorrowShow.com is where the show will premiere on March 14th. For more information, just go to TheTomorrowShow.com. It'll be Mondays and Thursdays. It'll be a lot of fun. Also... A part of the staff here at the Tomorrow Show and joining me for this final segment, Jared in the booth, Jared at 31 on Twitter at Gilkerson Radio. Jared, thanks for sticking around. Uh, if you didn't, we wouldn't be able to keep recording and filming and switching the cameras, although now it's just me. So it's a lot less interesting, you know, when you're not filming Ashley sitting at the desk and it's just me. You know? Well, hey, don't don't speak too soon. You know, I think the people want to stick around for this part of the show. That's true. People will want to stick around because yeah. there's some good stuff. There's some good stop, topics to talk about. And, you know, I think that the listenership of the Black Cast is very bro-centric. And I think it'll translate well to the Tomorrow Show. And, you know, look, you can put up uh, the cam- – there's a camera that is on you. So you can put up yourself some, too. So it's Ooh, not just you. me all the time. You can make sure that America sees – the man behind at Gilkerson Radio, and uh, give a plug for your uh, After Buzz show and uh, what, what days people can find it and, and the title of it. Because I didn't write any of that down. You told me on Monday, but I, I didn't think to make a good plug out of it. That's all right. Uh, uh, well, there's a few jokes there. I'll let those fly. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, on select Sundays uh, we do a boxing podcast, After Buzz TV's boxing podcast. Myself and right now Andrea Fasano. And a big announcement today, now that we're talking about boxing, yeah. is that I am launching, I uh, should be at the end of the week, follow my Twitter, at Gilkerson Radio, but I'm launching uh, the 10-minute must system. Now, if you're familiar with boxing, there's the 10-point must system. Well, this is the 10-minute must system. So if you're driving to work yeah. or you're at the gym, it's 10 minutes flat, boxing breaking news, predictions, and then you're out. And then you get your fix for the day. That's great. And how often is the 10-minute... The 
going it's going to be Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and I think we're going to launch this Friday before the weekend. So be on the lookout. I'll be promoting that on Twitter. It'll be on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. And, you know, hey, when you're on SoundCloud, SoundCloud slash Blackcast. Yeah, that's right. I bring it back to me. You got your plug in, but then I bring it back to me. No, and you can find everything at Blackcast.com, and as we've mentioned, for a limited time, you can see a video version of this episode at blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com. Also on Twitter at Blackcast. Don't forget to like the Blackcast on Facebook. Anyway, uh, there was a, a story that uh, we didn't get to before Ashley left that we wanted to start off with about a guy who requested nudes from a girl. We'll get to some bro-centric news in a moment. But uh, this, well, this sounds kind of bro-centric, but the way that it pans out so uh, a 19-year-old uh, Twitter user. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're already in. You're like, great. This is fine. Her name is Michaela. She was texting with an acquaintance named Ethan. Not as interesting as Michaela. Uh, he asked for a naked photo. This happens a lot. Now, I am not part of the uh, text me a naked photo generation. I barely text messaged before my now wife was my girlfriend in 2004. Just think about 2004. Yes, you had text messaging, but for me, I had to pay 10 cents every time I texted, so I never texted. You know, and I was still from the older school where it's like, I'll call someone, you know? Never a dick pic, huh? No, not yet. <laughs> still got time. Still got time. Now that I've said that, I'll open up the the private message box at Blackcast, and there'll be like forty dick pics. Nice, all from Matt and Casey, who gave us the bell. No, Matt, don't. That's not going to be funny. Rob Lorch will probably do. But anyway, um, so yeah, so this is all you know. This is all a different time for me, but I understand that these sort of things happen, you know. And again, now the millennial girls are gone, so I can't ask them. But I'm sure that they get asked. Well, you know, not Ashley because she's been with her boyfriend forever. But, you know, Roxy probably gets some of these requests. And oh, yeah, I'm it sure. probably happens a lot, especially, you know, when you're a personality, you know, on TV, on the Internet. Just be just putting yourself out there. It's like, oh, well, clearly this girl wants to send me naked pictures, which apparently this guy Ethan thought. So she said that she did not want it. But here's the thing. Usually when a girl says she doesn't want to send you naked pic. Usually a guy doesn't get upset. He usually tells her that, you know, she's a slang term for lesbian or, you know, maybe just go fuck herself. Yeah, but just in, get straight to it. Yeah. However, Ethan, that is not what happened. He's a little bit of a white knight, don't you think, in this situation? Yeah. He's a beacon of hope for the ladies out there. Because while he's still a creep who asked for a naked picture, Jared, are you familiar with how he offered to make it up to her? Did you see that in the story? Because I can read it if you don't want to. No, no, I've got it. So uh, he, this gentleman felt so bad for asking uh, that she, well, she asked for the edible arrangement. Yeah, an edible arrangement. Yeah, so she'd ask for Those it. are like the fruit. It's like a bouquet of fruit, basically. And it's yes. arranged very nicely. Yes. And it is indeed an edible arrangement. Yes. And the, uh, she said, the guy bought me an edible arrangement because he felt bad about asking me for nudes. No lie. I'm dead. What? So okay, I'm not quite. I know that, that part. no lie, I'm dead. I understand. Wow. From an interview with Taylor Swift, what that means, the I'm dead means like, oh my god, I just want to die, or this is, you know, I'm already dead. Is the thing is like, I'm so moved by this, which is super weird, Michaela, that 
you're that moved by a guy who, remember, asked you to send a nude photo to him. You know, he didn't really, you know, he didn't, oh, oh, send me some of the poetry you've written in your diary. No. Send me a picture of your naked lady business is basically what he's saying. Guarantee this guy. Yeah. Guarantee this guy is creepier than the guy who doesn't apologize. Oh, yeah. This guy is, like, thinking, now that I buy the edible arrangement, now she'll sleep with me. Like, this guy is just, oh, I hate this guy. I hope that there's a follow-up story somewhere out there on the internet where, you know, there's the response to her where Ethan says, oh, I'm glad you liked it. So about those nudes, dot, dot, dot. And then, of course, in this age of text messaging and instant messaging, how do you undo anything that might be perceived as wrong or creepy? LOL, smiley face. Maybe both, maybe one or the other. But LOL pretty much gets you out of everything. Wouldn't you agree, Jared? Yeah, and 100 bucks that she didn't eat that edible arrangement. Oh, no. Guarantee it. If she's smart, yeah, she gave it to her fat friend. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way she ate that. I mean, so a creep that sends you – a creep on the internet sends you food. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That is what it comes down to. And she's so moved by this, which that, that tells me a lot about her, that she needs this kind of attention. And, you know, in the note that he sent with the edible arrangement, it's, I'm so sorry, sad face, Ethan. Ethan. And they have text conversations. So yeah. what's this relationship? They have phone numbers? See, this is a great question. You know, we, we need to get more info on this. I want to know how they have... He has this kind of access. I don't know, though. Maybe people give out their phone numbers very easily because no one actually calls. You know, it's all text messaging. It's like giving out your email address to, uh, and I want to sound every bit of my 40 years, to these kids these days, you know? Kids. With their their Instabook and their Tweetagram and their face stir. I don't know. I ran check out. out, if you're listening, check out, look this guy up. This one's on the Huffington Post. But the texts are just ridiculous. You know, I hope you can forgive me. Yeah. You know, kind of whatever that straight face is. I instantly regretted it, by the way. This guy is – I kind of hate this guy. Yeah. He regrets it so much, but if she was just like, oh, but I was about to send them. You know, I was about to send you some nudes. He would definitely change his tune, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is, this is exactly the kind of hard-hitting news coverage that we get here at the Black Cast. And, uh, you know, look, I get, I'm glad this girl's happy with the edible arrangement, but I agree with you. It's creepier than him just sending a dick pic in response. I don't know. That's the way that I look at it. Anyway, uh, you know, here we are. It's, it's March. It's uh, mid-March, really, you know, pretty much the halfway point. Spring training is in full effect, which is very exciting because uh, the uh, offseason for baseball, there's, there are plenty of other sports to watch, but I'm nowhere near as excited about any other sports as I am for baseball. So I'm very excited that spring training baseball is back. And there was an amazing story uh, about a, a, a kid, and there's also some backlash that went to this, but it, it was at a, a pirate spring training game. And if you're watching the video version of this on bladcast.com, you can see that a baseball bat left the hands of a batter. I forget which batter it is, but it actually doesn't matter. One of the Pirates batters. He took a swing, and the bat went flying, and very quickly the dad has his arm in front of 
his son's face, the original reporting, they didn't know who the kid was. They thought it was just a kid that happened to be sitting next to the guy. His arm goes right in front of his kid's face, and he blocks the bat from hitting him. It bounces off, never hits the kid. So first of all, as a dad, I appreciate this, that he's like, I'm going to protect my son's face is more important than my arm. What's going to happen if a bat hits my arm? You know, maybe I end up in a cast. Who knows? It's going to be really bad news if it hits my kid in the face. So I applaud this dad for being quick thinking and for protecting his son. If you look at the picture, there are plenty of other people all the way around. What are they doing? No, it's not their kid, but they know there's a kid in front of them. Love the guy in the red jersey. The guy in the red jersey is like, he's got his hand out. (laughs) That's going to do something. He's like, stop in the name of love. He's just trying to stop. He's trying to will. He's trying to use the Jedi mind trick, basically. He's trying to use his Jedi powers to stop it. But the dad stops the kid. So this is great. I applaud this. Now, there was some backlash to this incident because you'll see the kid has his phone in his hand. And I agree with a little bit of the sentiment that if you sit anywhere close to the plate, you really should pay attention the whole game. Actually, because I was in the outfield 400 feet away. So that's in the outfield new, 400 feet away? New record. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was, I was <laughs> I'm just, sorry. I'm like, I'm just, I thought you were exaggerating 400 feet. I'm like, wait, how did the back? I'm like, spring training, I anything can happen. They put it in the back catapult. So, yeah, if you're sitting anywhere, really, if you're sitting anywhere, you should pay attention to the game. I was at a game once. I saw somebody brought a book to read. That's besides the point. But anyway, you know, so he's on the phone. Look, kids are on their phone a lot these days. Who knows what he's doing with his phone? Is he watching another game? Is he playing a video game? Or is he like, wow, my dad got me amazing seats for this Pirates-Braves game. I assume it's Braves because there's a guy. Every fan is not a Pirates fan. Yeah, exactly. So he should be so excited. He's like, this is great. I'm at this game. And maybe he was taking a selfie, you know, of him and his dad. And then dad was paying attention. No matter what he's doing on his phone, you know, people are calling out this kid. Even if he was paying attention, this bat would have come close to hitting him in the face. You know, he might have had a second to duck, but if he ducked, maybe his dad's arm doesn't actually, you know, stop it in the right way. Who knows? So what does this say about society now that not only are people on their phones too much, I get it, but that that's the immediate reaction to this is, oh, well, the fucking kid was on his phone, so he deserved to get hit in the face with a bat. No, he, no one deserves to get hit in the face with a bat. Well, except now that we Ashley, could, well, we now could, that ask, we could ask his dad. Yeah. Now that Ashley's gone, you know, except Lena Dunham. Nobody else deserves to be hit in the face. I'm mostly kidding. Nobody else deserves to be hit in the face with a bat. But, you know, yeah, exactly. The, the kid, you know, the dad might be like, eh, you know, every, a bat to the face might do him some good. But. No. You know what this makes me think about? What does it make you think about? It makes me think about that, I mean, I know it's a baseball game, spring training game, but there are cameras everywhere that capture every single moment. Yeah. I mean, this has happened for, I guarantee this has happened for 150 years in stands, and some guy saved a kid from a bat, but this is like the best picture that we have. So It's an amazing picture because the bat is actually making contact with his arm. And that's why we talk about it. And, yeah, to me, the better part of the story, it's not the dad in the arm, the kid with the phone. It's everybody else ducking or trying to stop the bat. Love the guy in the jersey. I can't get enough of Budweiser Billy. (laughs) Budweiser Billy, yeah. Exactly. And so you need to go to blackcast.com if you want to see that picture. Uh, We will post a link to it uh, at – not at blackcast.com, the – Video will be at blackcast.com. But if you go and like the Blackcast on Facebook, we'll post a link to the story where you can see the photos and uh, the photos for a number of the stories that we've covered here today. 
Anyway, so uh, Jared, uh, we established earlier that you're uh, from Cleveland. How's the how are the tribes prospects this year? I don't know. I'm actually from Columbus, but we won't get off topic. But you don't want to talk about the Blue Jackets for the, an hour? I, I could talk there, Blue there, Jackets there's for a an hu- hour. There's a big fan of this podcast. Uh, this guy Mark, who goes by Rafe, not worth explaining. Uh, he's a huge Columbus Blue Jackets fan. Nice. So you know, maybe we'll put you guys together. You can talk about it. So. Does that mean you're not an Indians fan? Or no, I just chose. Just they're the closest team. Columbus to... is the dividing line. So, so you could have been a Reds fan if you wanted to? As a kid, actually, it, like the Reds were just good, and yeah. I didn't know. And I wasn't a baseball fan until later. Right. So the Reds, I was kind of like, yeah, I like the Reds, Barry Larkin and all these guys. So sure. that, I was into it. But then later on, I'm like, oh, no, I'm picking Cleveland. So, But no, Browns for life, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah Cleveland, I, Cincinnati, no, nothing. I hate Cincinnati. Hate them. But what about Skyline Chili? No, Skyline Chili is terrible. What? How could you say such a thing? It's the most amazing chili I've ever had. It's awful. It's better than Pink's. It's better than Tommy's. It's just like too sweet. It's sweet chili. That's what I like about it. It's sweet chili. Chili's never sweet. It's like, you know what it is? It's like fancy dessert chili. Uh, They built that when I was at school in Bowling Green. They put one in Main Street, and it just failed because everyone just wanted their 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 old standbys, their Taco Bells, the bar food, and no one wanted no one wanted chili after drinking, which is terrible. You don't you don't do that. No, no, that's true. You should not have chili after drinking. That's, no, that's a, that's a great before point. naturally. Yeah, yeah, before. And then you make it again. And uh, you know, longtime listeners of the Blackcast and people who are aware of my interactions with listeners of the Dennis Miller Show probably fascinated that I can be so civil with someone who is a fan of Cleveland teams because of. How outspoken I've been with the uh, what's the name? Is there a nickname for Cleveland? I thought there was for a second, but I don't know. I don't know. Sea Town. Sea Town. Yeah. The uh, there's a there's Believe Land now, Believe which Land. I hate. At one point they were Tribe Town, but that didn't last too long because the tribe weren't good for long enough to be Tribe Town. Anyway, there's a guy that hated me so much from the radio show and listened to the black cast. And I believe still listens, even though he doesn't post anymore. And he hated me so much. So all I would ever do is just talk about how terrible the city of Cleveland is and how much I hated the teams, which see people can change. People can grow. It's not the most exciting place I've ever spent a night. Uh, Rock and roll hall of fame was interesting. Uh, it's not called Jacobs Field anymore. What's it called? Progressive Field. Progressive, which a lot of people think it's kind of ironic. Yeah. For the Indians. <laughs> That's a great point. I, I can't say I've made that connection before. But, yes, this is not very – the not-so-progressive field. Uh, and I love Chief Wahoo, by the way. As, as mascots and logos go, you know, it's not racial, racially sensitive, but I do like it. You know, it's not like a name like Redskins. It's just a cartoon Native American guy. Well, it's still a, a caricature. A, yeah. a lot of people say it's – uh, you know, it's just like because you look at the Redskins emblem and it's powerful yeah. and it's a prideful thing. And Chief Wahoo's just goofball. Yeah, that's but true. we could go down a rabbit hole there. How everyone's selective on team names depending on what city you're from. Because Cleveland and Kansas City for the Chiefs and the Indians get no hardly any flack. But you go to Washington D.C., they get everything. They do get everything. But yeah. I mean, Chief Wahoo, they've been trying to phase him out for years. Yeah, and they had that backup mascot. I think his name's Slider, and oh, he's, he's like a stinks. bad Muppet. He's, he's like awful. the worst Muppet ever. He clearly got fired from the Muppet Show. It's awful. He's terrible. Yeah, he's a bad mascot. Chief Wahoo is great. Uh, now, of course, I don't have any skin, red or otherwise, in the game, so I don't get to be offended by him. But I'm not. I think he's great. Uh, but what do I know? Anyway, tell us what you think. We have one time for one final story, which for fans of rock and roll music, the hard rock 
not heavy metal, but hard rock and roll music. This is a huge story, and we talk a lot about this kind of music here on the Black Cast. Um, ACDC have had to cancel the remaining 10 dates on their tour, and frontman Brian Johnson has been told that he shouldn't do any more concerts ever because the hearing loss will be so irreparable at that point. So first, on a very selfish level, I have to say, very glad that I saw ACDC at Dodger Stadium back in September. I had never seen them, and I decided this is the time I'm going to see them. I'm glad that I finally saw them, because now I guess I'm not going to get a chance. There's something really surprising about this story. Jared and I were talking about it before we went on the air, and that's the simple fact that he can't even do 10 more shows. You know, they can't have like a show that like, that's their final show. I think it was going to be Madison square garden in New York. They're the 10th show left on the tour. So they're rescheduling it. Now I don't know exactly what that means, but it probably means that they're going to do the shows because there's a lot of money at stake for having already sold these tickets, but they uh, are going to have a different singer, I guess, you know, and I don't know. They're, are a few different ways you can do this. You can go the route of the all-star tribute, like when Nirvana went into the Hall of Fame and obviously Kurt Cobain had passed on. So you had a bunch of different people singing. You could do that. You could get a lot of people, you know, well-known rock and roll, hard rock singers. You know, you could get Sammy Hagar. I heard Steven Tyler's name thrown around. I'm like, I don't know exactly why Steven Tyler needs to take a break from Aerosmith to front ACDC. It'd be kind of cool. I'd be like, all right, I'd like to hear him sing some of those songs. They'd sound different. But it's kind of shitty that they're rescheduling them, meaning that it would be with a backup singer. Now, if they give you the option to get a refund, that's fine. But Jared, what are your thoughts on all of this on Brian Johnson having to basically, basically being forced into early retirement. And then also the fact that they're not canceling these dates, at least as of yet. It sucks because of selfish reasons. I, I had never seen him and I didn't get to catch him at Dodger Stadium. See, I didn't know you then. I would have been like, no, you have to go. I know. I would have said he's going to lose his hearing uh, next March. So you have to come. Uh, ah, you, you would have been so right. I know. Um, and I've been thinking about this and after, after we talked a, a few hours ago, but I actually think however much of a bummer this is, I think this can work. If you get some real high star caliber players, now the band is so influential. He's been with them for like 36 years, yeah, and they've been around for like you know over 40 years, yeah. So I think they have enough fans, like maybe someone like Dave Grohl, or even you get like people from other genres, like if you could pull off Taylor Swift or something weird. Yeah, and no, so see, you that pull would be, people in. That would be if you went the all star route where people did a song or two. If Taylor Swift wants to do one song i'd be interested in seeing just one it. just yeah. one i uh i once saw i saw alice cooper at the whiskey a go-go he was doing like a really small show and he had kesha on stage so she only sang like a couple verses of his song cool schools out but she's somebody who like you know what she's in the right register and also uh he has like this super group called the hollywood vampires and i saw kesha do a led zeppelin song and it's like, yeah, she can actually sing some of those notes. So I wouldn't rule out Kesha as somebody. But again, nobody wants to go and see two hours of Kesha fronting ACDC. You might want to see it for, you know, a couple songs here or there, something like that. But I don't think there's any one person that does a good job that you can, you know, you can go the route of, you know, like what Journey did and find the Filipino guy who sounds like Brian Johnson. And then you get that experience. But it's like, I don't know. I mean, the tickets aren't as expensive as, as some out there. 
but it's not a cheap ticket to see ACDC. No, you got to give them. A, you got to get your a, money's worth. You got to get them a star. You got to get someone like like people love like Dave Grohl, yeah. or something. And then hopefully I heard they'll Sammy put, Hagar's name thrown around. That that's something to be said for that. But again, not just Sammy. You need a you know not just Dave Grohl either. You need. You need like five or six, maybe even ten people that throughout the course of the show do a couple songs. Yeah, find out who's going to be in what yeah. city. Have Dave Grohl do one city and then have Yeah, see, that's Sammy another way another to one. do it. Yes. Yeah. You know, because, you know, now like Queen goes out on tour with Adam Lambert and it's because he can hit notes that Freddie Mercury could hit. And like Queen's a great band. They have amazing songs. I don't know that I want to see a guy who didn't even win American Idol, you know, with Queen. No. It's like... You know, they had at one point it was Queen with Paul Rogers from Bad Company and obviously plenty of other things. That was all right. That's like a rock guy, you know, somebody who's like in in the pantheon of rock and roll history. He belonged on that stage. I don't know. It just seems weird, you know. And you know, at one point Judas Priest just took a guy who was the front man of a Judas Priest tribute band, and he became their lead singer. You know, there's some disappointment associated with that, you know, and. I mean, unless ACDC feels like they're going to continue as a band with a brand new lead singer. No. You know, I don't think they are either because they're all like pushing 70. You know, Brian Johnson, of course, is their second lead singer. And, you know, they didn't choose to replace Bon Scott. He made that decision for them where, you know, he died. So they had to get somebody. They've had him for so long. It's hard to imagine them doing these 10 shows, you know. But obviously the promoter, whatever it takes, these venues, whatever it takes, they want to do. They want the show to go on. But you know what show can't go on? No. Oh. The Blatcast. We have had a great week here in the wonderful studios for the Tomorrow Show. The TomorrowShow.com, where you can hear the premiere episode on March 14th and every Monday and Thursday thereafter. I'll be there. Jared Gilkerson at Gilkerson Radio will be there. Ashley Daniels, Roxy Stryer. Lolo Legro, Lauren Legrasso, who hasn't joined us this week. Also, as I said, Ashley Daniels and Roxy Stryer. So it'll be a fun show next Monday. We've had some great broadcasts along the way. We'll see you all Monday on the Tomorrow Show, and we'll see you next time on the Blackcast.